welcome to Three Cops Talk. On this podcast, three active duty police officers discuss behind the scenes stories and real life accounts of what it's like to be a cop. Every episode, you'll get an inside look at the challenges and dangers they face on a daily basis, as well as the triumphs and inspirational moments that make it all worth it. If you want to understand more about the men and women who put their lives on the line for us every day, then this is the show for you. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. On this exigent and unedited episode, Scott and I get together to discuss the criminal justice proceedings surrounding the murder of Chicago police officer Ella French. Have any ideas or topics for the show? Please reach out to us at threecopstalk at gmail.com. That's the number threecopstalk at gmail.com. If you'd like to reach us through social media, our details are in the show notes. The views and opinions expressed in this episode belong solely to the hosts and do not represent the views of any professional organization. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, we're back here today to talk about something that's obviously very, you know, troubling to us, uh, but it's something that we think we need to point out. It's got a little blip in the news as usual, uh, but it's something we've done some stories back on the past. Scott is there in the middle of it in Illinois, still particularly troubled by it and has a lot more on the, the pulse of this because, you know, when you get national news I'm down here in South Carolina, we had a rough week down here last week um, where we had an officer from Richland County, uh, which is a county that surrounds the capital of uh, South Carolina, Columbia, an officer was killed in a car crash. Uh, brand new out of the academy guy, everything that everyone tells you about it. Uh, the kid was just a, a pistol, top shot in the academy, getting out there, just right out and bushy-tailed and taken so soon. I just read some posts from his supervisor that was like gut-wrenching to read. If you get out there, you can do some research on this stuff. You know, it is pretty hard. We also lost a canine and almost an officer from Charleston County. Um, the canine was from SLED, which is a statewide uh, for a fugitive that kind of went shooting at people with a rifle and, uh, you know, hit several people. Fortunately, no one died, but the canine, which is awful. Um, there's some you know, really heartfelt photos of that SLED agent that's with his dog and ushering him out draped in the... Uh, the Palmetto State flag. It's just, just a tough week, and you look at it, and then I think to myself, well, you know, we all got to work through this stuff. These are tough times for us all, all across the board. But then there are things that are put upon us that don't need to be, I think, at times. And that was the thing that you reached out to me about, Scott, um, the Ella French situation. We've done a story on her. She's a Chicago police officer that was gunned down. Um, 2021, August of 2021. 2021, obviously. We did a story on that about how that all was interconnected to us and we were touched by it. And now the sentencing time is coming up. And as usual, prepare yourself for this. Uh, drum roll, please. <laughs> right. Kim Fox's office is completely bungling it. Um, and Scott's going to talk a little bit about that uh, today so we can kind of get in there. I'm going to kind of needle him some, with some questions because he's there in the middle of it, seeing what the media is doing and reading about it. It's a lot more direct because Chicago is so close to where we all came uh, from as cops. Uh, so, Scott, you enlighten us about what you know about it. Yeah, so this... Again, I'm, to your point, I'm surprised there's not more coverage about this, not more outrage about this from the community, from Chicago Police Department. Um, I, I mean, maybe there's maybe there's something more coming, but it, it just really didn't seem to get, hasn't gotten a lot of news here, I feel like. And so, mm -hmm. you know, Elle French w was killed in line of duty in 2021, August 2021. And... 
uh, there, there were two brothers that were involved in this, um, Eric Morgan and Imanti Morgan. And one of the two brothers, Eric, who was not the actual shooter, but was in the vehicle when they were stopped, he, he fled the vehicle and uh, was chased by one of the other officers. That officer returned to try to help the officers that had been shot. One was in critical condition, unfortunately, uh, died. Um, Eric Morgan, um, the, according to the, everything that I've read so far based on the incident, you know, he, the, the, his brother gave him the weapon that was used to kill officer French. He fled was later captured and subsequently, you know, charged with various crimes in this. I guess what is disturbing to me is that in, in this instance, he he's been offered a plea deal. This is the big story. He's been offered a plea deal. And what that plea deal is, is a maximum, maximum seven-year prison sentence for three charges. Those include unlawful aggravated use of a weapon, aggravated battery, and obstruction of justice. So I, this isn't the actual shooter. Right, this this is, is the, the brother. This is his brother. The, However, but, but he ran but, away. But, ran away as the getaway driver kind of guy. Um, I'm not sure, like where he was in the car or or, or what. Mm, okay. Um, and you'll have people say, "Oh, well, you know, he didn't shoot her." Okay. He 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 wasn't he wasn't in the car. He ran away, and I'm sure they'll try to defend him by saying that you know he just wanted to get away from the situation. He he knew what was wrong. I don't know his criminal history. I don't know anything about him. Um, whatever, but you've got an individual who was involved in a situation where a police officer was murdered, took the gun that was used to murder the officer and ultimately took off with it. Probably had he not been apprehended shortly thereafter, probably to get rid of the gun or do whatever. So I don't think we're talking about a person who's necessarily a pillar of the community, but was definitely it definitely had involvement in this, and I, I guess what what's troubling is okay the brother he's looking at a murder charge. I think they're talking a max twenty three year sentence maybe on what they're looking at for the brother who actually did it, and and that's good. But what I found kind of disturbing was you know reading some of these different stories on it and, and listening to one of the things that the attorney. Eric Morgan said, and to quote him, it says, if it were not for the fact that it was associated with the Chicago police and officers, he would have gotten a sentence of probation. So I think a sentence of seven years is more than enough. And I find that problematic on on multiple levels. Yes, it was a police officer. Yes, it's People shouldn't do those things towards police officers, and we should take that seriously. But it almost minimizes every every other person in society. Like when you say it like that, right. okay, so right. say it wasn't a cop. Say it was just a regular citizen, a person who lived in the neighborhood. You were involved in an incident where someone shot and killed maybe your neighbor, a loved one, a family member, a child, and this person is involved to the point of taking the firearm, potentially trying to get rid of it, doing whatever. Again, I haven't read the whole police report, so I'm, I'm just just speculating on some of this, but certainly involved in this. And then just to kind of say it that way, like, yeah, 
it's only more serious because it was a cop. It's, it's serious no matter who it is, whether it's right. whether it's right. a citizen or a cop or whoever. Yes, does it does right. it does it get more? Well, in a city like Chicago, does it get more attention because it's a police officer? Yes, because unfortunately, there's so many people getting killed and shot every day that it's just people are numb to it. Like, oh, it's just another shooting. Oh, a guy just took off with a gun, whatever. I mean, it's sad that it's gotten to that point. And, and I just feel yeah. like, and, and maybe that's not the way he was trying to come across, but you know what I'm saying? Like when you say it like that, it it really minimizes just human beings in general, because you're saying that it's only a little more serious because it was a cop. Otherwise, nobody would have cared and he would have just got probation. Oh, okay. We'll tell that to the family of the how you know if you were to say the same thing to the how many uh, families of the hundreds of people that have been killed in Chicago over the last couple of years so um right i mean and again the the law exists for you know a reason um and you you could see like i when i when i first started reading i go does this is this like kim fox's office the state's attorney's office saying well maybe the brother will flip on the brother and we're going to get more information that gives us a stronger conviction for the actual killer now when the media went to, from what I understand, Kim Fox's office to get some clarification, like, you know, say what you will about the media. We still live in a free society with the media. And the fact is that the media shouldn't, some to a certain degree, be respected by people in, you know, publicly appointed or elected positions. And it just seems like nobody takes the media seriously any anymore. So Kim Fox's office, when I understand, Scott didn't even provide a response to the local media outlets to saying, why are you doing this? What's the story behind this? Yeah. I mean, at least one of them here, um, just a, a story that I actually watched, they said that they reached out to Kim Fox's office and never received a response. How are you, as the prosecutor, head prosecutor in Cook County in the city of Chicago, able to just get away with not saying anything. Just I'm you know, I'm not responding. Right. Sorry. Right. But, well, I mean it's it's kind of smacks of the insensitivity of power. Like I'm in power and this is what I believe, so therefore I have no mercy for this. How is this any different than here I'm in the South? Like you watch films, you watch you know, history channel stuff about this stuff. And like they'd go to a sheriff's office when somebody was lynched and he'd be indifferent about it and felt he provide needed to provide no response. And everybody was outraged about it and things like that. How is what Kim Fox is doing any different just from a sensitivity standpoint to even just come out and say, there's an ongoing court process here. I'm not able to contact, but you know, please understand that this is, but no response whatsoever to a media outlet, a big media outlet in a major city like Chicago is disturbing. Like, does anybody care to do their job? Does anybody feel they have an obligation in any position of power to appeal to people that are like, what's going on? Like what's going on with our government? It's at an all time low. Like uh, when you talk about its popularity amongst the people and faith in it, it's deeply divided. When is someone, anyone, I don't care whether they're progressive or they're the most conservative, hang them high, you know, state's attorney in the land. When do they feel that they have an obligation to answer to people about that? Now, I'm not saying it's all of them, but like everybody knows what's going on in Chicago. It's a, it's a, it's a beacon of failed criminal justice on multiple levels, but it's like, it's just so disturbing. And like, you know, I don't know if you have, if, if to our listeners, if you get a chance, the Chicago Police Department uh, 
has an entire group of people. I think there's like five or six of them or maybe more now that do actual video footage of her life, her story. And they recently did one about, you know, a dedication for Ella French. And, you know, you go back and you look at the moving images from her funeral and then the other officers that have died, another female that recently had died as well that we've talked about. And you're just so moved by that. And it, you can tell that it comes from people's hearts that this is going on. And so many people are just so callous to it. I mean, I don't know if it's so many people, but very powerful people are very callous to it. And the fact of the matter is that I think that nobody, it, it creates this illusion that your government doesn't care about you. It just doesn't care about you. We're in power. We don't care what you feel because maybe we didn't agree with you or, or your voting pattern. It's it's sad. It's really and, sad. And what does it say when, as a state's attorney's office, uh, a, a, a police officer is murdered and your messaging from your state's attorney's office is we are going to prosecute this to the fullest extent. People are going to be held accountable for this. I mean, just we like we would for any person deserves that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like right, right. you're standing, you should be standing behind those officers and saying, we are going to make sure that we put together the absolute best case. This person's going to be held accountable and we are going to seek the maximum sentence on whatever it is that we can. Hey, maybe that is the best case that they're able to prove. So be it, you know? Right. But right. but when it's, it, it really gives off a sense of just like, eh, we'll just, let's just plea this one out and, and get rid of this one kind of thing. You know what I mean? And for those of us, and, and we both have been, we didn't work in Cook County, but we've been tied to cases in Cook County. So we both have experience in the realm of, of the court system in Cook County, and it works very different than out in the suburbs. So it's just, it's, 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 it's troubling that it doesn't seem that it's being treated more seriously than what it is. Or equitable. Yeah. Or an equitable analysis. Look, WBZ is the NPR station in Chicago, and they've done a lot of good reporting on a lot of things. Um, they did this in-depth podcast-level stuff regarding Laquan McDonald. It's about the case that was involved in that, which is a horrific one in which a police officer clearly overstepped his authority and things like that. And they lamented the fact that the officer got charged less than he should have got charged and only did a certain amount of time. And there was a ton of follow-up and, you know, you know, uh, really digging in good journalism but when you watch, you can't help to think it's really agenda driven because the same thing probably isn't happening for Ella French right now. There's not some BZ reporter camped out at Kim Fox's door and finding out from, uh, you know, her coworkers what it was like that night and how horrible and hellacious that was for officers. And how so many of them were probably scarred for the rest of their lives from what they saw and what they had to deal with the people in that neighborhood and everything else. I bet you that's not coming. I, I will be shocked if I find something that thorough and in-depth from a place like BZ. And, and the reason I say BZ is because WBZ, everybody knows that in Chicago. It is like a premier, uh, you know, really quality journalism, quality listening, things like that. But it's just not fair. It's just not fair. You feel like, why is Ella not getting the same respect or any officer after that respect? They only like it when we're the bad guys. Right. 
Ella French wasn't a bad guy. She was doing her job. One, she wasn't a guy, first and foremost. And two, she was just doing her job. And when you learn about her backstory, about being an adopted kid uh, and her mom and the life that she lived and like just part of her soul was ripped out when Ella left. And it's just like, well, you know, we'll get back to you when we get back to you. This matters to a lot of people in that city. A lot of people in our profession is just really aggravating. And it's just, it's typical. It's typical of like, well, we're in charge now. And when you, we weren't in charge, we didn't like the way you conducted yourselves. So in order to make it work, we'll just do the same things we bitched about now that we're in charge. We'll do the same things. We'll do the same exact things. We don't have to answer to people. We don't have to provide any results. We don't have to like, you know, do whatever. And and, and I'll go out on a limb here, Scott, and let you get back at it. But I think it's because we don't stand up. We don't stand up and do what the other side does. You have to tip your hat to those folks that protested the way that they did. I wonder, and I'm not asking people to go out and do the damage and difficult things, that but if people that feel the way that we did protested like the people that don't feel the way that we do, would they be afraid of that power of the people? Would they be afraid of being held accountable for that? Or would they just simply say, we don't care? Would they, would they do that even? I mean, that's where I think people are at at this point with this. And it's very defeatist. And you have to, as a listener here or as a person that's just whatever side you fall on, realizes that part of the right in all of this is to protest these things. So get up and do something about it. Get up and do something about it. Make these people nervous like we were nervous. Let's just be straight. After George Floyd, whether it was right or not, we were all as cops very nervous. Like, man, this could go really, really bad and we could be overwhelmed rather quickly. And a lot of places were. We found out a lot of it was a lie and not reported properly, but we still kept showing up to work and doing our things. But at a certain point, people are going to have to start waking up and taking this stuff back. And it's not racist. It's a fair process like anything else. And we as cops is when we look at this stuff, when these people finally do rise up, people that are in agreement, whether you're right or left, this vast majority of Americans that are in the middle, we as police officers better be wise to what we're being ordered to do. When we allowed other groups of people to go protest and burn things down and we were told to stand down and let it happen, it's just property. When other groups of people do that, I wonder how our leaders will respond to that, particularly in big cities. Will they tell us to get the gas out, get to work and start thumping? And it'll be okay because these people are all white supremacist racists as they've labeled a lot of people. Or will they go, these people have a right to protest just as much as anybody else. I'm interested to see how this is all going to play out when people finally reach that tipping point. Well, and, and with this, you know, I think about it from just the standpoint of, of what message are you sending to your city and your community when you, you kind of downplay the severity of this? Like, this guy's going to get, uh, remember, a max seven-year sentence. So it might not even be seven, but if it's seven, it's it's. And he's it's, already it's been max. serving two, and he's right already been point, in right? for he's two. Been. So they're going to they're going to probably do time served on that, and right. some of those secondary charges to the most serious charge, any convictions on those will run concurrent with that seven-year time. So it's not like it's seven plus five plus two. Right. It's Right. All of it at the same time. Now that's something that happens all the time. That's just the way a lot of a lot of times the criminal justice system works. But in theory, say it's not seven, say it's five, and he's already done two. And in a matter of three years, this guy's back out on the street in your community doing God knows what. And and it just it it doesn't create an environment of, hey, we're we're tough on crime. We don't want people that are victimizing people, people that are 
so brazen to fight and shoot at the police and, you know, take it to this level. I mean, you, you hear stories about the violence that happens in Chicago and gang members and all the stuff that just goes on day to day on the street. But in, in this instance where it involves the police and a police officer that's shot and I'm going to take the gun and run and, you know, do whatever. I, I mean, that is that is not fixing any of the problems in the city of Chicago or in Cook County. It's not making people who live in poor neighborhoods feel better that things are going to improve. It doesn't do anything to draw people who want to be cops into this profession to come do it in that city. I mean, think about it. If you're a young person that wants to be the police and you want to work in a big city, or maybe you're from Chicago, you love Chicago, it's where you grew up. Those things are in the back of your head. I mean, you take that into account. You're like, oh my God, you know, but do they right. even care right. about the cops here? And this isn't like an isolated thing. It's not like, oh, this is out of the norm for things that go on in Cook County. They've had a contentious relationship between the state's attorney and the police and the mayor for how many years now? You know what I mean? It's This isn't like right. new news, right. but I don't know, something about it. I, I just, when you think in the grand scheme of things of what you're trying to do to repair communities and, you know, they're all, we're always talking about building trust and building relationships with the police and in the community. This is having the opposite effect. Yeah. And, and it's, and like you said, it's not just happening in one city that we know of uh, Chicago. It's happening in a lot of cities across America. And you know, when these urban centers continue to die like this, because like, there's a reason that you know, there's a reason that, you know, people are like, Oh, you know, the, the, the recruiting of police officers isn't as bad as the police officers are saying it. Look, I'll, look, all I can tell you, and this is anecdotal and people will be dismissive of it. We talk to a lot of cops from a lot of different places. Seattle's down. Phoenix is down. Uh, Minneapolis is completely down. Chicago is down. LA is down. New York is down. Why are they offering cops so much different people to become cops? So much different incentives, people that are cops that maybe could still be cops somewhere else. Why are so many incentives being answered? Is this just like people going like, well, we're just getting caught up in the moment of what's going on. Maybe, but I don't think it is. I mean, every agency in America looks at this. You're looking right now. It's like this. Again, I'll go back to what I've said before. This is like Vietnam. Every film, book, things you read in the art says, what did they say to somebody that was in trouble at that time of their lives when they were young men? Every movie, like Adam Allison, say, I will notify the local draft board that you're no longer college students now that you're getting kicked out. Because Vietnam was really, really bad. Terrible leaders making us go places and do things, but then not backing us up because it wasn't popular. And then blaming the people that they're sending to do it. The same thing's happening to cops. The same thing's happening. Like, like people don't want to be police officers. Well, they do, they do, they do. Yeah, I know they do, but the numbers of them are way down. Nobody wants to go serve in the military as much too. The military struggling to make right. its numbers because of failed leadership, fail, fail vision, fail like, oh, well, we're going to send you to go do all this stuff that'll mess you up for life, uh, mess up your head, mess up your body, mess up your, you know, everything, disrupt your whole personal life. We'll have you come back and, you know, we'll throw you some VA bones to make sure you feel right. better and, yeah. and do whatever. And get, hey, Good you luck. know what? And and we appreciate your service. There are so many people that come up to me and say that as a police officer, and I firmly believe they believe that. But I don't think they understand like what they're really their role in it. And like Robert Peel said back in the day, the people are the police, and the police are the people. 
And walking up to somebody and saying that to them means so much to a cop. But don't forget that it's more than just changing your profile pic and saying it. You've got to support and be smart about being involved in elections. These urban centers, we care more about presidential elections than we do about mayoral elections. And I say that based upon the fact that the turnout that they saw in the last two political or the mayoral elections in Chicago, all time low. When you have an all-time low participation rate, you get the leaders you deserve. And then there, there are a lot of fantasy-based people that are doing those things. Like they're literally not steeped in any kind of real leadership experience. And you get what you get. I mean, we, we own this as a people. We have to stand up for what's right. We wouldn't tolerate people treating our service members poorly. After a certain amount of time, that worm turned. I remember it turning when I was a young man. I was like, yeah, people support the military again. Because when I was a young kid, I remember people not supporting it. People looking at you like, why would you want to do yeah. that, baby killer? And I was like, well, I don't know. I just think there's more to it than that. Um, and now the same things kind of happen in the law enforcement. You know, we're going to have people, but not the numbers that we need. And then the existential threat facing America right now is not any foreign, you know, active foreign force that's going to land here at least to mess with us. It's really what's happening in our own cities where people don't feel safe. And when people don't feel safe, they do desperate things. And cops are going to pay. People are going to pay. You know? and, and, and this Ella French thing is just yet a, another thing. On, on a side note, one of the things that I did when I was you know, training up in Maryland, we got to go to D.C. The first place I went to was the police memorial with my partner. And the first person I went to go find to rub off their name on a piece of paper that I could take with me and keep with me for the rest of my life was Ella French's name because I remember how much that impacted me, even though I was gone and how many things I thought about that. And it's just it's disheartening. It's so sad. Her name's on a wall. But what real justice is happening in here is crap. The outrage is just not there. And the guy that's the shooter, don't lose sight just because this this non-shooter is going to get seven years. Focus on the shooter. Focus on his brother, the one that actually murdered her. Focus on that and make sure that that doesn't become another thing we're all angry about. Yeah, I can. We'll see how this thing plays out. You know, hopefully at least for his involvement, he gets the maximum. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. But yeah, you're right. The guy that did do it, the guy that did pull the trigger, I certainly hope that they're putting all their effort into a strong prosecution and presenting a good case for not only for Ella French, but for other people that have been victimized in this same way in this same city that, you know, that just become a name in the news and everybody forgets about it. So I, I hope that uh, regardless of where this one goes, I hope that the individual that actually pulled the trigger they're able to put together a solid case and, and that goes how it should. Yeah. And we'll kind of wrap there. Cause obviously that's uh, our thoughts on this. We wanted to get something out rather quickly on it. Cause we saw this, but uh, if you want to get a hold of us for any reason, you can get a hold of us through our Gmail account, which is three cups talk at gmail.com. That's the number three cops talk at gmail.com. Uh, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, please go like subscribe, share with a friend, leave us a review. That helps us quite a bit. Um, and go to our website. You can catch up on past episodes. Uh, drop us an email. Tell us what you think we should do better or, do more of or do less of for that matter um, and uh, reach out to us there it's www.3copstalk.com uh, Ella your memory is important just like all the other officers that have done their job decently throughout this country 
Um, we we want to stay behind this and we want people to be aware of it. But thanks for your time and uh, be safe. <laughs>